0: If um, You guys felt that earlier, but I just, sometimes you can just sense the, the presence of God. I know that the presence of God can't be reduced to an emotion, you know, but sometimes the presence of God does affect our emotions, and we actually sense and feel that the Holy Spirit is near us, and I'm thankful for that. And, and, and um, as Hannah and I were up here, you know, I was thinking during the break, I was like, man, we, we should have just had a prayer service right then. Like, we should have just like, yeah, that, that, that's it. Uh, so I don't even know what I'm doing up here. But um, I'm going to try to talk a little bit about God's Word and, um, and hope that you all will travel along with me on that. Um, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture, um, one of my favorite topics to... Um, consider and to ponder. And I think part of it is because um, Jesus draws such a simple metaphor, um, but the roots go really deep. You see what I did there? Roots, vines, right? Huh? You guys, are, you guys are with me? <laughs> so uh, yesterday I was at a, um, I was actually at a spiritual retreat at a mission in uh, one of the old Spanish missions in Oceanside. And uh, this was uh, connected to a class that I'm taking at seminary. And uh, so it was kind of mandatory. It was a mandatory spiritual retreat. Um, Doesn't seem like it goes together. But um, I'm there, and I'm focusing on abiding in God. And even in that serene, quiet stillness at that beautiful facility, And uh, surrounded by nature, I'm having trouble abiding in God because I'm thinking about a sermon that I have to prepare for, which has to do with abiding in God. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, ain't it funny (laughs) how God uses events like that in our lives um, to give us opportunities to either strive um, within our hearts or to rest in him. You guys ever felt that? Ever seen that? I love this passage because Jesus gives them a simple command, remain in me. Abide in me. Just means to stay, to remain. In the South we say to stay put. (laughs) Just stay put. (laughs) Remain in me. And then he shows the contrast between those who abide in him and those who don't. it's a pretty big difference, right? Remain in me and and I remain in you and you will bear much fruit, right? How many want to have a fruitful life? Yeah, we want that, right? We want to have a life that is, is a blessing to the other people around us and it gives glory to God because of the fruit in our lives. And he says, remain in me for that, but if you don't remain in me, you're not going to bear fruit. And, and, it's, and it's the metaphor is you're going to wither up. <laughs> you're going to wither up and die and be cut off. And I think the message that he gave the disciples right then when he's in the Last Supper and he's about to leave them physically, they're not going to be with him and see him anymore. And we talked last week about the Holy Spirit that he promised to them. You know, and actually in that, the chapter that we covered last week, it says it's better that I go to be with my father. Why? Because I'm going to send the spirit and he's going to be at work in you. This whole message that he's given them to remain in me, even though I'm going to be gone, remain in me. I think it's just as important or it's not even more important for us to hear today, for us to hear, abide in me. Are we remaining in Jesus? Are you connected to the vine? Are you abiding in Him? Think back over your week. If you need to, close your eyes. Just imagine all the things that you went through this week. Imagine all the um, decisions that you had to make. Imagine the frustrating times. Imagine the, the peaceful times. Were you abiding in Him? Were you walking through this week in him? And I know this message is important today because I see all around the evidence and the results of when we're not abiding with him. When we're not truly connected to the vine, I see the results. I've felt the results. Has anyone felt that? Has anyone felt that, hey, I haven't been connected to Jesus and I'm withering up, right? And what does it look like? It looks like being tired, being burned out, being productive but not being rested, just trudging through the week, having an inner life that's just stale. Yeah, I'm I'm still running off the good sermon I heard three weeks ago, right? But what's God doing right now in you? It looks like like that. It looks like not knowing the last time you took a risk for something God was putting on your heart to do. It looks like not having a sense of awe and wonder about God. No sense of connectedness throughout your day. It's just a series of events, and, and you think of God when you need him. right? That's what it feels like. I've felt that. I don't want to feel that way. I don't want, I don't want our church to feel that way. Anyone with me? Yeah. It got real quiet. I, was, if you, I mean, if you disagree, I, just, I got the wrong message. I don't know. Or maybe you're here and you do have a quiet time or a devotional time, or a devo time, or a CBR time, or whatever Christianese word we have for that time (laughs) that you spend with God. Refuel time. Forgot that one. Maybe you have that. Maybe you have that spiritual disciplines, but over time, it's just become that. Discipline. High on discipline, low on spirit, right? And it's not become this way for you to experience life with God. It's Become more of a way to check off. I did that. I did that. I spent time with God this morning. I'm good. And 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 maybe you're here and that's you've got a, a pattern and a rhythm that's working for you. You know, and it is life-giving. But is it really abiding and just being filled with the life of God? Because Jesus says, Remain in me and I'll remain in you, and you'll bear much fruit, but apart from me. You can do nothing apart from me. You can do nothing. But I I feel like if you looked at a lot of Christian lives, if you look at my life from time to time, we tend to act like we can get a whole lot done apart from him. You guys know what I mean? We can get an awful lot done apart from him, not connected to him. We check in in the morning. We're good. Okay, check in at night. Okay, we're good. Okay. But there's hope today in Jesus' message because he wants us to live connected to him and he wants our lives to be full of his life. And he wants to flow through us in a way that gives us everything we need but doesn't stop there. It it produces fruit on the end of the branch that benefits others and gives glory to God. That's a little bit more than just, hey, I talked to you today, we're good, (laughs) right? But that's what he's called us to. In fact, he ends, this passage that we ended reading today says, I've told you this, why? So that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Abide, remain, stay put in me. That's all he calls us to do. Remain in him. Abide in him. All right. So if you're with me, if you felt that, I want to take the rest of the time to just talk about what does it look like to abide with Christ like that? And then, and then look at some of the ways, some of the things that get in the way of us doing that. And then focus on um, how and how and why we can how we can abide with Christ, all right? I'll try it again, all right? All right, all right, right. yeah, yeah, good, okay, good. So um, I also wanna say this, I'm not an expert. (laughs) I just wanna start out with that. Um, I don't feel like God's called me here today to say, here are the seven methods and the 13 principles of abidementation, that you should, I've mastered them clearly, clearly, and uh, you need to learn them. But I do know what it's like to abide in Christ. And I know that many of you do, and maybe I'm just here to remind you, and that the Holy Spirit would put a longing in you for that. But I do know, and I have had times and seasons of remaining in Jesus and just feeling that connection. I don't know the exact date, but um, 25 years ago, I gave my life to Christ, and I realize as I'm saying that, I'm getting a little bit older, that I can say anything like, oh, yeah, 25 years ago, <laughs> I'm only 31, <laughs> but I was six years old, and, and I repented of my sin, and I trusted in Jesus that he was my Savior, and I was baptized, and I began a relationship with God. And um, thankfully, since that time, I've grown a little bit in my uh, understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> but um, I remember uh, just struggling in some of my younger years to have a prayer life or to have a consistent time with God. And uh, even as a teenager, being 12, 13, 14, and I would go to this you know, like a prayer camp or something like that, and one of the things that was on my heart is like, I just want to, my prayer request was that I would pray more. <laughs> you know, like, pray for me to pray more. Pray for me to spend time with God, and, and uh, I want to do that. I want to have a prayer life. I want to read your word more. And I think part of it was that I knew that I should be doing that. You should do this. And I felt bad that I wasn't doing that. But it never really got a lot of traction I had a relationship with God. I knew God loved me and he saved me. I had intense spiritual experiences with God, but it didn't really catch. And I don't think it really began to catch in my life as I look back until I realized and had a shift um, from, from thinking that abiding with Jesus was something that I was doing for him to realizing it's something that he's made available to me. It's for me. It's, it's not something that I can do, and so I'll be better with God. And I've, I've earned this. I've earned my next prayer request. <laughs> you know, it was like the, the frequency card at the coffee shop. I prayed six times. I get the seventh prayer request free, God. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Somebody felt that, though. <laughs> no, but it shifted from, hey, this isn't something that he's laid out for me to do for me to get better at. No, this is a way that he's laid out for me to have communion with him. And um, it, it was a way for me to be full, for me to be alive, for me to bless other people with what he had given to me. And one time that was really formational, one season that I look back in my walk was actually when I went um, on a missions trip. And I went to, um, I went to Kenya for, for three months we have some people here familiar with Kenya, and I um, and, uh, was really excited to be there, but when I was packing for the trip, I just, I knew, I, I, God, I want you to make a, uh, I want you to change my life. I want you to move in my life. I want you to grow me up in, in, in you while I'm on this trip, and so I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to pack, right, and um, when it came down to, like, books or, or whatever, whatever else it was, I, I didn't pack a computer, I didn't pack an iPad uh, because they didn't exist yet. (laughs) Uh, That's when this trip happened. But um, I didn't pack any books except this Bible and my journal. And for three months, if I wanted to read anything, (laughs) this was all I had. And um, just particularly the way the setup was, we kind of had a security sort of issue where We had to be at the place we were staying from sundown, right? So we had to be there by sunset, and we wouldn't leave till in the morning every day. So actually, and when I was there in Kenya, I spent more time in the, like, apartment (laughs) than, like, doing ministry because of these restrictions. But three months of that, (laughs) and uh, no distractions, no, nothing no way to find entertainment. And I began to wake up and I began to spend time with God, whether it's praying or journaling, or I began to read just a passage of scripture and then that would turn to a chapter of scripture and then that would turn to a book of scripture. And God just started filling me up. All right, I, I'm sorry, is everyone with me on this story? I, I'm just trying to share, a glint. this is not the way that you have to do it. I'm trying to share an experience of, of how I've seen God do work when we abide in him okay so i just saw god start to fill me up in a way that when i went out to do ministry and serve or share the gospel or whatever else it was there i didn't have to muster it up i i was full because i had spent just because i had spent time with god does that make sense and one of those stories i, I um w- one of the things that happened there just blew my mind later. There was a, we were moving from house to house and we were just telling people we were there, um, that we loved Jesus and that we wanted to share the gospel and we're asking if they wanted prayer. And uh, in between houses, I saw uh, a young man and um, stopped and just struck up a conversation and then we started talking to him and, you know, asking what we could pray for. And, and usually with some kind of need or something going on, uh, you know, physical or financial or whatever. And he said, My eyes had this terrible pain in my eyes. And uh, would you pray for me? And so I was like, oh, man. (laughs) Here we are, like, trying to share about Jesus, and he's, like, putting out there, like, would you pray for healing for my eyes? And um, anyways, we prayed for him and uh, just continued to talk and became uh, friends with this man. He started coming to church with us, and I I knew he had had some kind of relationship with God in the past. But then about two months into the trip at at the church we were going to, they would have testimony service every Sunday, right? And someone would just stand up and say, "This is what God's done in my life, and I'm here to worship Him, and this is who God is." Right? And uh, I heard someone talk, and I turned around. And it was my friend Fred. He was sitting next to me, and he was standing up, and he said, I- "I'm here to give glory to God. I had I've been far from God. I had w- had not been going to church. I had not been paying attention to my relationship with Him, and and on top of that, my my eyes, there was a pain happening in my eyes, and I went to the doctor and I started taking uh, uh, medicine, painkillers that would help my eyes, and then that wasn't enough, and I moved up a rung to the stronger one, to the stronger one, and then I got the strongest one I could get, and I went from two times a day to four to five times a day taking this painkiller because I couldn't stand it. And then I met these guys and they prayed for me, and since that day, I haven't taken a painkiller. God's healed my eyes. And I'm here to say, God's revived my relationship with him. And I'm so thankful, right? And so we, we were just like, I didn't even know that. <laughs> We've been hanging out for two months and he didn't say anything. <laughs> right? But, and I say that not to say no, nothing about here, nothing about anything I did. That's all God and all his glory. But even then, that's not done, because there's fruit that God bears when we're connected to him, whether it's healing or whatever else. The the same man that I'm talking about now, I got a Facebook message from him this week, and he said, hey, brother, I just wanted to let you know I listened to your sermon from Sunday, and I was so encouraged. Thank you so much for the ways your church has blessed me, because there's people in this church that have helped him get through school, If you're listening, Fred, (laughs) love you, man. (laughs) We love you here. Um, I share all that to say, do you see the fruit there? And it wasn't anything I did. It was just being willing to ask God. I I don't think I would have even had the faith to ask God for healing if I hadn't been spending time with God in the scripture where he says he's a healer. And he never said in here that he stopped. He's a healer. And because of walking with God and just being full of him, he can move and he can work and he can work through us and bear fruit years out, generations out. Fruit that changes the world. That's the kind of fruit he wants to do in you. And that's why it's so important that we learn to abide in him. Because if we're not abiding in Him, we're gonna be withered up and dry. We're gonna be inward focused. We're gonna be wondering why I'm so tired and burned out. Did you know God wants you to be full, not empty? Did you know God wants you to be rested, not burned out? Did you know He wants you to be fruitful? not just productive or busy. He wants a fruit that you can't make happen. He wants to do all of that in your life, and all we're called to do is remain in him. Just stay put. It's not something we do for him. It's something he does for us and in us. And it's a command from Jesus, remain in me. But it's more passive than anything else, really, He's not given us a list of to-do's. He's just said, remain. Remain in me and I in you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. How are you going to know what to ask if the words aren't there? If my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Keep my commands. Remain in me. What am I getting at? Abiding with Jesus. It's easy for me. I don't want you to just equate abiding with Jesus as, okay, we got to pray more. (laughs) Got to read the Bible more, and then we're abiding. (laughs) We got it done, right? I bring up those, and spiritual disciplines are part of it, but abiding is the relationship that all believers have access to with God through the Holy Spirit. It's intimate. It's organic. It's as organic as a vine, right? But he's saying, I've brought you into this relationship, and I want you to experience my presence and just let my life flow through you. And so the reason we bring up spiritual disciplines is not because it's something for us to get good disciplines at. It's a way for us to experience the life of God within us. Is that good? It's good. It's good. (laughs) As we connect with him, as we stay put in him, we're filled with all the nutrients we need. Right. So we go from empty to full, but then it's beyond that. It just keeps going out. And it makes fruit in lives of people around us. Amen? Abiding means having a relationship with God that fills your inner life and changes the way you act with others and bears fruit that blesses others and gives God glory. Jesus says he's the true vine. Father is the gardener. And we're the branches. All we have to do to experience that life is to remain in him. All right, so I've got to ask this question. How's that going? <laughs> are you remaining in him? Are you connected to Jesus? Are you experiencing his life? Is it flowing through you? Or are you more often than not feeling tired and burnt out and dredging through You may, hear, you may be here all along that scale and continuum. Um, I want to talk about two reasons um, why we struggle to abide with God, and then I want to come back to how we can and what motivates us to abide with Him. Is that all right? And I may go off the notes here a little bit. Um, don't be too scared. I was <laughs> just getting dares to do it. <laughs> I want to I look at two, two different reasons that, that we struggle to connect with and to stay and remain in and abide in Jesus, all right? So the first one has to do with um, we just get busy. Can I get an amen and maybe a hand up if anyone feels that? Hey, I would spend time with God, but I've got too much to get done today, yeah. right? I've got to get started, and I woke up late. I can't stop and spend five minutes with God, right? Lord, I want to be filled up with your energy, but I've got to do all this other stuff first. (laughs) Right? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be, like, harsh. (laughs) Anything that I'm saying, the harshest would be reserved for me, okay? So please keep that in mind. Right? But we struggle. We get too busy. And I think one of the reasons we struggle, what I wrote down was just this potential versus calling. Because our society tells us, uh, I I was in a meeting with pastors where a pastor said, God's not called you to fulfill your potential, but to fulfill his calling. And our society tells us that the saddest thing in your life is that you're not going to live up to your potential. And that's the only thing that you should mourn over, and you need to bust your rear until you strive that and you meet your potential. But God hasn't called you to fulfill all your potential. He's called you to follow his call. There's all sorts of things that I could do with my life. There's unmet potential everywhere in your life. There's all sorts of things that you could chase down rabbit trails. But God hasn't called you to do everything that you can do. He's called you to do what he wants you to do. And the greatest call in your life is to be connected to him. Because that's where you're going to see the fruit that gives him the most glory. And outside of that, it's just going to be built on you. When we're too busy to remain in Jesus, we're just looking for the fruit that we want. I think they got it, but I'll say it again. (laughs) When When we're too busy to remain in Jesus... We're looking for the fruit in our lives that we want, not the fruit that he wants. And, and there's a long history, going back to Adam and Eve, of grabbing fruit from the wrong tree. What we want, the knowledge of good and evil. We're still doing it today. And we're still buying into that lie that I've got to strive, and I've got to push, and I don't have time, God. If I'm going to get this done, i got to do it. And God's saying, would you slow down and abide in me? Would you believe that everything that I think you need to get done today, you will? Do you think you get to the end of the day when you missed off like five of your tasks and he's like, man, Nick, gosh, well, I guess you have tomorrow. Try it again. No, he's not disappointed. When God looks at you, is he disappointed? He loves you. He might be disappointed that you're working yourself to death and not spending time with him. But he loves you. It's for your good. Secondly, I think we struggle because we, Jesus called us to connect to him as our life source. And we want to connect, but we point to the wrong source. We get connected to the wrong source, and we look to whether it's a relationship that we're in, even our spouse, whether it's whether it's our kids, whether it's our career, whatever it may be, we look to that and we say, This is gonna give me what I really want in my soul. When this is going right, I have everything, and when this is going wrong, I have nothing. We're connected to the wrong source. Anything other than Jesus cannot bear the weight of that burden that your heart's going to put on it. But Jesus can bear that weight. And when we connect to a different source and expect to have fruitful lives, it's like seeing a grapevine on an electrical pole. It's it's not going to be fruit. It's going to be a lot of energy. It'll be something, but it's not what you need. God knows what you need. So instead of being connected, when we're connected to the wrong source, we're cut off. We're cut off. And Jesus says, the branches that don't bear fruit are cut off and thrown into the fire and burned. They're, They're so dry. The best use is firewood. So what do we do? What do we do when our hearts tend to distract us from how dependent we are on God? Because that's what's going on. We are utterly, completely dependent on God for everything. And we constantly are distracted from everything that he even provides us just to live through one day. You don't believe me? (sighs) Hold that breath. (laughs) Because you borrowed it from him that food that just comes out of the ground that you walk on, that's giving you energy to be alive. We, everything we need comes from him, whether we realize it or not. And so when Jesus says, abide in me and you'll bear much fruit, he does that for our sake. It's not he's saying that, hey, you guys really gotta recognize me. I'm really egocentric. Just (laughs) abide in me. No, not at all. He's telling you to abide for your sake because he knows you're dependent on him. So what do we do? What do we do if we can't remain in him? What do we do if we struggle, we fail to? Or we've known seasons of it, and, and but we don't anymore? Or maybe we've never abided in God and we don't even know what that feels like or that that's even possible. What does that mean? How can we do it? I think it begins and it grows in our heart when we see how willing Jesus was for us to experience that. That though he was the true vine, he says, I'm the true vine. I'm connected to the Father. In the chapter before this, he says, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen the works I did, that shows you the Father's heart. If you've heard the words I said, that's what the Father says. It's not just me. So, He's completely connected to God. That throughout his life and ministry, they would look for him and they would be like, Oh, where is he? Oh, he's praying again out by himself. (laughs) He's connected to the Holy Spirit, looking for direction from God, empowered for ministry by the Holy Spirit, that the true vine. If you go into this passage deeper, Israel was compared to a vineyard in the Old Testament, in Psalm 80 and in Isaiah. Several times in the Old Testament, the word of God compared Israel to a vine or to a vineyard, but there was always something lacking or always something missing or it wasn't bearing fruit or something went wrong. But Jesus says, I am the true vine who never broke connection with God. And even though we were branches Separated from Him, looking for our own source, and too busy for Him. The true vine allowed Himself to be cut off so that we could be grafted in, so that we could be brought in, so that we could experience the joy that He experienced as being the true vine. I love that passage that the worship team read, and I just wanted to, to read it here from Hebrews 12 let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When we see that Jesus is the true vine that was willing to be disconnected and cut off from the Father so that we could be brought into that life-giving relationship. Then it warms our heart. And we say, God, you're telling me to abide in you. You're telling me to carve out time to remain with you, to ask you about the questions in my life because it's for my good. You're not adding something to my schedule. You want me to have life life. You want me to have stories of other people experiencing life through the life that you put in me. Amen. 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 It's quitting time. May have gone a little bit too long, but I want to pray um, for us right now. I want to pray for us, and I want to challenge us. Maybe you're here, and you have never had that experience with God. Never had, you never knew that abiding with him is something that you're called to do. It's available to you in Jesus. The Scripture says that when we uh, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we will be born again. We will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. And that's the step I want to challenge you on today, to begin to call upon the name of Jesus and to turn from sin and just say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And maybe there's others of you who have heard this and you've been around the church a long time and you've, you've had ups and downs with spiritual disciplines and you've had ups and downs of abiding with Christ, but right now you're just tired. I want to challenge you to believe that this is true. I want to challenge you to latch onto the fact that Jesus wanted you to have this so much that he gave it up for you. So that you could be brought in and so that you could experience this life flowing through you. And maybe you're here and you're like, I don't have any time with God. I don't know what to do. I would just challenge you to think about commit to the next best step. What does that look like? If you never read the Bible, it means reading the Bible every day this week. Even if it's one verse. (laughs) If you never pray to God, it means praying every day this week, even if it's one minute. Because I believe that when you taste and see that the Lord is good, that one minute's going to turn into two minutes to five minutes. And you're going to abide with God. You're going to grow in that. God can do more with your one minute than you can do all week. You believe that? So uh, let's pray. The worship team is gonna play here in just a moment. And um, if you would, pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for um, just an incredible truth lord a truth that's hard to grasp because it's just it requires so little of us <laughs> Lord, to just remain in you and i was thinking of the of the a tree that i saw yesterday it was the first pepper tree in california almost 200 years old and it's large and 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 bearing fruit and blossoming and and to think that the only thing that tree did was stay connected to its roots. To 200 years later be bearing fruit and shade and blessing. And God, I pray that in the same way, the hearts of everyone here under my voice, God, that we would be so convinced of your good news for us, that, that we would challenge our own hearts to remain in you, God. That we would not let the enemy put busyness and distractions in our life. God, that we would say no to distractions and say yes to you. God, I pray for people that that don't have any way of relating to you right now. God, I pray that you would put in their hearts the next step, God. And I pray that they would be challenged by the Holy Spirit to step into that life with you through that, God. And I just pray for your saving grace to fill our hearts, Lord. God, you love, you love, love, love us so much. God, that even the cross was not too much to pay to have us as part of Your family, to have us as branches on Your vine, Lord. And I thank You so much for that, God. Warm our hearts, guide us, strengthen us by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to take a few minutes to respond uh, to God's word as we always do. If you'd like to take communion, it's um, it's right here. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, this reminds us of the hope that we have in Jesus, that his body was broken for us on the cross, that his blood was poured out in his payment for our sins so that we can be holy and righteous before him. We have a new identity in him. And uh, if you just want to sing, if you want to pray with the person next to you, we're just going to take a few minutes and respond to God, and uh, we'll come back at the end and, and dismiss. God bless you guys.